episode two of the LCI podcast. I'm Reg, and today I have Nick with me. How's it going? Doing awesome, Reg. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Uh, beaming after this uh, week's win in our fantasy. Yeah, no doubt. You really uh, put the hurt on me there at the uh, at the final hour. <laughs> so it was a good win. You did. Uh, you you put together a good team there, Reg. Yeah. Say with my uh, fourth lowest score of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think your team has a lot of potential for sure, um, and your Melvin Gordon pickup was awesome, and uh, your analysis in the first podcast was was bang on. Uh, he still's got he still has the the juice, and he he can still rip it. So uh, this is fun to see. Yeah, well, week one I think is uh, one of the most tilting weeks of the season because you just got off your draft, you're excited about your team, and then. You know, the games start going by, and Aaron Rodgers can't seem to throw football anymore. Oh, man, I am, I am here 100% to overreact. I am <laughs> I'm ready to just abandon ship and dismantle and, uh, and, and then just scalp from here on out. Yeah, so maybe a Zeke for Elliott one-for-one one trade in the future. <laughs> or Zeke for a Gordon one-for-one one trade here. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put it past me, so... <laughs> One of the feedback I got from uh, last week's episode is to kind of talk about what this league is for some people who might be listening. This league, the League of Calamitous Intent, um, originally started in around 2005, I believe. Connor and Zach, who are in the league now, uh, were part of the original managers of that league. So we've been around for quite a while. I remember the first year, I believe I drafted LT first overall, and that was the year you set the record for touchdowns, so I basically ran away with the league. And I believe we had two quarterbacks for such a while. And year two, I have to say, is when Zach, at the back of the first round, went uh, Breeze Brady. He believed two quarterbacks at the end of the first round. Dang. <laughs> is that when we had, we were running two QBs back then, right? Yeah, the league started with two QBs, I believe. And we carried that until, I want to say 2013, 2014, pretty close to when you I think I was in, I joined in 2012, and we were running the two QB, six-point passing touchdowns, and the year that I joined, I think I drafted Rodgers first overall, (laughs) and then I think I was running Jay Cutler as my second QB. Wow. Um, And uh, yeah, no, it was good times. It was, it was, was, I was so excited when I got invited to the league. through uh through zach and evan and um been here ever since yeah you've been one of the longest members now of this and it's you know i'd say it's great to have you but you also win a lot so it's kind of annoying at the same time (laughs) yeah it's it's funny i feel like um you know i i don't really have a lot of football knowledge if i'm completely honest i feel like i've just gotten really lucky a lot and this is the only league I play in, so everything I read and 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 analyze is all directed at this league, and uh, you know, kind of figured out a little bit of strategy, and uh, I've stuck to it. Um, but I think in this year is is going to be, uh, I've deviated from my from my normal strategy this year for sure. Oh well, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I you know, try to count you out, but then find your way back into the finals somehow. <laughs> it's working. Whatever you're doing. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that uh, a lot of my strategy involves just a, a stalwart, you know, position on the players that I draft. I typically 
am one or like my mentality i think is is complete opposite of uh of connor's really where he he's a big believer in trades and i i'm a, a huge advocate against trading a, a lot of the time not that i the, the aspect of trading is great i love that but i'm always so afraid of the um a winner and a loser on either side of the trade and i always find myself on the losing end and so I've, I've, I've stayed away from it. And the years that I've won, if you go back, you can see that I've made maybe one trade and I basically won the, the league or at the draft. And so those is, so the draft is really the most important day for me. And this year, I'm not sure after week one, if, <laughs> uh, if things are going to go well for me. So, you know, a lot of people definitely don't agree with that. They all say like the waiver wires are making during the season is how you win so it's kind of interesting to see you that. but you know mm. you have you do have the history to back that up yeah <laughs> we'll see how it goes you never know right don't tilt too much <laughs> no and that's why i'm I'm here week one overreactions i'm gonna get it out <laughs> and then uh maybe i'll calm down in uh week two and three and see how it goes well we had a couple we had a couple close games and a couple blowouts um fortunately for but uh, we'll start with Stefan and Keith. It was the most lopsided game of the week. Stefan just 162 points, and that's and on his bench he had two guys also. His team just went completely off this. Week. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Stefan has been coming in strong here the last couple of years after being consistently a five and eight team. <laughs> um, he a couple of years ago. Um, he had the best that was the year that cmc and michael thomas and amari cooper were on his team and he was just wrecking havoc on everyone every week um and then lo and behold he gets the finals and uh he puts kirk cousins in as his qb all he had to do was get i think 15 points or something like that and uh nope duds it up and puts in five points there. So it's good to see Stefan's team finally, um, finally kind of hitting a good stride here. And uh, like, uh, I like what I see for sure. Definitely. Okay. CMC was the running back one of the week to get a touchdown. So it's kind of insane value alone. No doubt. It's good to see him kind of like be back in perfect form after last year's um, injury year. But it, it seemed like he escaped with a, it was just this bunch of smaller injuries almost that uh, kind of held him out to nothing like an ACL or Achilles or something huge like that. Um, so it's, it's good that he's basically back to being a cheat code. Yeah. And I think Carolina did the smart thing they, they knew they weren't going to win. Um, and they just told him to shut down, get ready for next season. I'd have a chance. Again. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, Keith, you know, he didn't have a great outcome, but he had a few guys tied into the, um, the Packers, Tunyon and Jones. When that team just doesn't score, you know, you're not going to see why his results he wants. Same with Harris. You know, he was in a lot of snaps, but just couldn't break the end zone against the tough build. Yeah, no, for sure. Keith's teams, I like it too. Like the the Murray is like, well, it's going to, I think he's going to be unreal this year. Um, Evans seems like a weirdly the odd man out almost on Tampa, or he's always getting double co coverage or something like that. But I think. AB is going to be feasting this year. Higgins, I think, is going to get his. Tanyan, like you said, and, and Jones, just 
suffering from poor Green Bay play. And uh, but I think Keith's team could could potentially put up some big numbers um, in the coming weeks here if they kind of find their groove. Yeah, I would not be surprised if next week the Packers just completely explode and off of the leaderboard. Oh man, I would love that. I need a, I need a Rogers revenge game for sure to kind of put my uh, anxiety at ease. Moving on to the next, I guess, unfortunate blowout of the week was uh, Zach and Connor. Zach had a huge Thursday night, and his team just never turned back from that. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Um, he was up eighty points, I think, after a Thursday. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I like I like Zach's story here, just with this like coming into the league with like minimal research, basically, you know, hung over, rolling out of bed into the draft, more or less, <laughs> metaphorically. Um, but. Uh, um, you know, coming in and making all these trades, shifting his draft positions around, and um, ended up with like a really, really solid team. Cooper Brown stack is awesome. Waller twenty targets. Like, <laughs> I was insane. just gonna say, what an insane game last night for Darren Waller. I don't think Derek Carr knows he has other players on that. Oh, uh, it's it's just it's just Carr and Waller playing catch more or less, and it's it's nice to see. I think I think Waller could encroach into. Kelsey territory if he's like keeps playing that way, especially with twenty targets. Yeah, <laughs> man, and Brady's still just looking so good out there. Solid, solid all around. I don't. I think not much about Connor's team. I think it was just like kind of average. Um, you know, people, people let him down like Julio Jones. Um, but I think you know if that team hit his projections, you're gonna have a pretty solid team as well. Yeah, I, I would agree too. Like Montgomery was a good keeper pick. Um, trading Swift and getting and keeping Montgomery was a was a really good choice there. Um, Jackson's gonna do better in the coming weeks. Cook's obviously gonna just be rock solid. Eckler was was good. Um, I think he could play better, but he, you know, decent outing. Julio Jones, man, I've I've never owned him, and I've always been afraid to touch him just because of a couple of years. You just see him put up fifty, and then two, and just this seesaw that had no didn't want to be part of and on a new team i don't know i've always been afraid of that guy um 4.4 points i don't don't know like it just seems like a a tennessee needs to find their game again and then maybe he'll be relevant but aj brown is like a monster so yeah we talked we gushed last week about the titans offense and to see them play so poorly uh, must be pretty Mm -hmm. worrying for some people out there yeah, no doubt. I was listening on the radio, and there was something uh, they were talking about how the Titans, you know, weren't playing a lot of their starters in the preseason, um, comparatively to the Cardinals that were rolling out Murray and all all the first line guys, um, and and how much of a difference that might have made just being comfortable around each other again. So we'll see if that's just you know first game you know nerves getting shaken out. He got unfortunately hit with the injury, and Jerry Judy is done for at least eight weeks. A high ankle sprain, you never like to see that. That's, that's the injury that uh, kept Thomas off the field last year. Yeah, that's right. That sucks. That uh, Judy looks good when he plays. So Yeah, it looks he's, like he's having uh, a great game. And yeah. the plus side, he has Corey Davis on his bench, who clearly took the role as number one for that Jets team. He already showed he can maintain that. Yeah, I like Connor's nickname here, Never Ending Corey, because it seems like he's always on the verge of a breakout. <laughs> And, uh, you know, 
maybe it was like last year he was definitely breaking out a little bit and maybe this is like the real deal now so we'll see next to the closest match of the week and that was zane and jaren who six points separated these two and i don't think he could make it any closer both these guys put in pretty much the perfect lineup no i, I agree this this is a titan matchup for sure um Jaren was strong last year, and, and Zane won it last year. So, um, you know, the Zane Zane is seemingly well. I don't know. It, it seems like he puts a lot of research in. He seems to always be finding these kind of diamonds in the rough. Or last year he did for sure. And uh, obviously Kamara has been just a rock solid, um, you know, keeper for him. So I could see him doing well this year, especially with Jefferson and. And all the well, Godwin and Hawkinson, you know, being yeah. in there. Not to mention, like Cooks is was a great late round pickup. You know, seems to always play well no matter where he is. Um, mm. So kind of easy to overlook for some reason, but always yeah. puts up the points. I don't know. I, well, I brought him up last week as a potential steal of the draft, and at least week one, I can say I'm right, and Connor can suck it. But. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I was going to label yeah. Cooks as probably my start of the week. You know, you a guy that we thought was on a, a completely inept Houston offense with a quarterback who can't throw the ball, and here comes Brandon Cooks, who just seems to uh, find 1,000 yards every year, 5 for 7, 132. I always find it funny watching him, too. He's got, like, a massive helmet because he's had so many concussions, and uh, it just looks funny when he's, like, because he's kind of smaller stature, but he just rips and he's like got this huge helmet bobbing around but he he does he doesn't he does it out there so <laughs> all the power to him yeah and then uh jaren's team is 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 looking strong too um i think henry's gonna get going here pretty soon prescott obviously is looks like he was prior to the injury mixon maybe this is his year too right that's another kind of guy that always always talking about this is the year you know, a lot of volume, you know, maybe on a slightly below average team, but maybe now the Bengals are, are going to be relevant. So uh, I could see him having a really strong RB1, RB2 uh, combo there. I think if he can stay on the field, he had 30, almost 30 carries this week. So if he can just not get injured, it's locked into yeah, no, I could see uh, Jaron doing good. Jaron also seems to have a lot of knowledge on uh, on like rookie and and sleepers as well. So um, he was picking up like Gainwell was a good pickup. He had a great game last week, um, you know, with lim- limited touches. Um, he's got Sermon, who could be good here coming up, uh, considering the in- injury to uh, Mostert there. So um, I'm interested to see where Jaron's team goes for sure. Right, and moving on to uh, Matt and Neil, a bit of a, a low-scoring game. Um, I think Neil is a bit let down by a couple underperformers, but uh, if, if you're Matt, you have to be excited that Mahomes, Hill, Stack, that alone was over half of his. Oh man, it's real. It's it's going to be good this year. I think if Hill stays injury-free, um, I think it's going to be real good. I don't know, Swift and Harris. I think are. I don't know. Swift looked pretty good in the carries that he did have, and he kind of burst out for a couple big runs. Um, so we'll see if he can continue that. And then, but I don't know about Harris. Like 100 yards is is good. A lot of carries. Um, 
I think, I don't know, I'm always leery of the Patriots RBs, but could pan out well. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be the guy at least that gets the first carry and see what happens. Humble's not good, but he's good at pass protection. He's just going to be in the lot. Yeah, totally. And Pitts there actually had a you know, decent game for a rookie tight end. And I mean, you know, I, I don't, I, stuff to like statistically is not going to have like a, a crazy year like everyone's predicting, but, um, you know, he is a freak of nature. So maybe he'll, he'll break that trend. He's definitely going to have a game or two here or there. Can't not stop that guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And of course, Neil had uh, Devontae Adams, who suffered from the Packers implosion, but you got to imagine that that's not going to get his team. I think he'll be okay as once the Packers figure themselves out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. This, you know, next week against the Lions could be a, a 40 pointer, or at least, you know, above in the 20s somewhere. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm banking on that too. <laughs> Yeah, last week I uh, I said Hunt was kind of a scrub pickup, and here he is getting for fifteen and a half points. So, and I, I I'm partial to Hunt just from drafting him as a rookie. So I always have targeted him in in, in drafts, and uh, he was picked the literally the pick before I picked Davis, and I would have gone Hunt instead of Davis um, if he hadn't been picked. Um, but yeah, the that. The Browns' running game is is solid with the the Chubb Hunt combo for sure. You know they're going to get there, so it's, I thought it was a great pickup. All right, and the last matchup is our own. Act um, you could have won the game with starting of Gronkowski over Mark Andrews. I don't know if you would have done that, but to show you that we were pretty close, and if there was a twenty point gap there, I know it was. Uh... Uh, yeah, I, I picked up Gronk late in the draft just kind of as a, I don't know, it was like a shot in the dark. I was like, maybe he's still got what he had, what he had last year at the very end. Like, I just remember watching him in the in the Super Bowl game, and I was like, man, Gronk is playing so well. He scored two TDs or, and was just crushing it out there. So I was like, maybe he's still got it. And then every all the reports out of camp were saying that he's, you know, feeling good, no pain, you know, feeling fast. And so I was like, yeah, you know what, it's worth you know, whatever round I picked him in, 12th or something like that. And uh, I wasn't going to start him because I picked up Andrews in the 7th, and, you know, Andrews was kind of that number 4 guy on the tight end list. But I think next week I'm, I'm going to start Gronk. I'm going to see if they got the Brady-Gronk magic is still there. I mean, 8 for 8 and, is uh, just unreal alone. Yeah, totally. And he was out there a lot. He was blocking, and he, like, was making smart plays, like, peeling out when he saw like you know breakdowns and everything else like that so and obviously brady loves him so he's just gonna keep targets too yeah no it was it was a rough outing for me i i was feeling pretty good um coming out of the early morning games um just with hopkins doing well and um you know allen and Diggs, you know did all right they they had volume was there both 13 you know targets uh, both nine receptions. Um, so I was like, I was, I was happy with that. And like, I was surprised with uh, how uh, Chanel played. Um, Stefan was giving me some, some live feed from the, from the game. He was, he was at that uh, Houston Jaguars game. So he said he looked pretty good. So I was, I was stoked on that. 
Um, and my defense did well, but you know, I'm, I feel like every year or recently I've been getting uh, thwarted by um, Elliot. Elliot's just been not the same, and um, don't know what to do about that. I, I think he's going to be okay. It's just like I just need I just need some numbers to back that up now. Yeah, I mean, all the talk is that he was on the field a lot, and Prescott was just uh, auto bowling out of run calls because Tampa Bay their their defensive line is for there is no way he was. You know, you you got the stats that maybe next week he'll be fine, but he still has to prove it. Yeah, totally. And and your team was do, was doing pretty good too. Like, um, I, I would have thought Herbert would have got some more points, but um, he was looking pretty good out there. And I, you know, he was connecting with Allen, and he was you know picking apart the uh, Washington team. So it's good to see. Mostert was unfortunate. That's like, man, I. That guy just cannot stay healthy. Like, wasn't this the same narrative we were talking about last year? Like, one yeah. game, huge, and then next game injured kind of thing. Yeah, you'd hate to say a guy's injury prone, but two carries and then he's out for the season. It's written that way before we even started. Yeah, I know. I was surprised that you didn't put more uh, budget down for Mitchell. You know, I kind of, I like, I kind of wanted to. Um, 49ers backfield now is kind of going to be a mess, I think. I didn't want to blow half or more of, of my budget on a guy I think right. is at least temporary. I don't know. We'll see. Like he, Mitchell could be the guy for the next five weeks. That just takes someone into the playoff content. So I might regret it, but... Yeah, I could see at the same time why he didn't as well. Like, if Gordon keeps playing the way he does, and you got Ceh, um, and 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 you got Gibson, so you can fill your RB slots pretty pretty easily. Um, yeah. I also kind of felt like my bench was was I liked the bench I had because I'd have to drop someone. I feel like Pittman would have been the guy, but everyone talks about he's supposed to be the, the wide receiver one at offense. I didn't want to give up on him after one week, so I didn't really find the room to drop anyone. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, your bench is uh, is, is looking pretty good, especially after uh, Debo's game there. He was looking really good. Yeah, no kidding. So you could definitely kind of shift things around, drop Mostert, slot Debo into the flex, and uh, have Gibson, Gordon, RB1, RB2, and CEH in the flex somewhere. So I think you're, you're in a good spot. He probably made the right choice not uh, breaking the bank on Mitchell there. Yeah, well, speaking of the... The, the Mitchell pickup. It kind of led to a little bit of drama, actually, with you. Uh, <laughs> we had a tie in a first week, $31 each, right? That's correct, yeah. And uh, we learned today that Sleeper's rule is for the first week of a season, um, they base the waiver priority on the uh, inverse of draft order. So, mm. because you kept a guy and took the third overall pick. Matt snuck in with the tiebreaker because he drafted fourth overall. Oh, hurts. <laughs> I, hurts, man. I've seen tiebreakers before, but usually it's like mid-season or whatever, and usually it's not for something that's third of everyone's budget. Like, this is a, kind of a big deal. I kind of feel like last year there wasn't anyone to pick up, like, well, from my perspective that I needed, and so I'm definitely RB weak this year for sure, so... I was like, I'm going to spend some, some money here and see if I can get, you know, maybe a little bit of a lotto ticket. And 
hope didn't pan out due to waiver <laughs> priority. But uh, what what are your thoughts though on that? Considering we do how we select the draft order and keepers and and everything else, what what are your thoughts on that um, uh, waiver priority being dictated by the inverse of the draft order? Yeah, it's definitely kind of strange. Um, it's a rule that we didn't really know, um, and uh, you know you could maybe strategize too much into that. Some people say the 10th overall pick is one of the strongest ones, especially in the Keeper League, because you get the back-to-back and maybe you keep guys. So now you also get the advantage of maybe a waiver, a week one first priority. Uh, I think it'd be, I don't know, maybe nice to set the priority yourself, but I don't even know how I'd begin to do that except for like lowest scores, but... I kind of assumed that yeah. was actually how it was going to be done, but um, when it came out this way, and that was keeper or sleepers, uh, that's the way they do it. I think they do it differently for dynasty, but I don't remember. You think that sleeper probably defaults to you know non keeper league, and they're just assuming that if you're, well, I don't know, tenth pick is that to me seem like has always seemed like a strong draft position, so um, it wouldn't be the last pick that that people do. Hmm. Um, I personally would love to have 10th pick, but I've never had it. Um, and so, I don't know, it'd be interesting maybe in to kind of revi- revisit this and maybe at like base the waiver after week one, because that's when you're going to be picking, picking people up. Yeah. Um, but again, like maybe, I don't know, maybe that's not fair either, just because like had a down week that, you know, was anomalous to, the strength of your team so i don't know it's it's uh it's kind of a gray area again so we'll have to think on it <laughs> uh i don't think i don't know if there's a way to manually change the waiver priority but yeah like you said i would have expected it to once the first week is done um would have been just your team score first of that kind of set the priority off but it's kind of what i figured as well um but it's interesting so we'll see keep track of it it's i it's one of those weird things where it's like you don't want to put too much energy into thinking about it because it's pretty rare that it comes up um like how often do we have you know exactly matching bids especially for like that amount of money um, yeah. on the first week the first time i've ever seen it <laughs> yeah exactly i guess we can jump into next week's matchups yeah let's do it let's uh start with uh connor and jaren uh, Lamar Jackson and Jack Prescott, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, and Joe Mixon. Some big names. No doubt. Um, Jaron's projected to lose, according to Sleeper, but <laughs> I don't know how much uh, credence he put into those percentages. Um, I tend to look at them, but you know, I usually just... I'm always a, a completely biased that my team's going to blow at everyone else, but <laughs> that's why I'm here to overreact. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Jaron, I think, man, I, I like, I like Jaron's team. I think, I think it's strong and I think like it could be consistently strong. Um, I think Connor could be sneaky good too. Like I think if Lamar plays well, then he could put up a big point total. And obviously Cook is just like, you know, could come out at any week and drop 40 points. So if that happens, then, you know, Connor's sitting pretty. But I think 
from a consistently consistency standpoint, I think Jaron's going to be just kind of riding like a like a high average all the time. Yeah, I definitely prefer his lineup right now. Um, you know, Lamar has that potential to literally run away with the game. That could really turn the tide. But um, Devin Singletary, I'm not sold on him as a guy you want to rely on. I don't think Connor is either. Um, so I think he's probably mm. doing some searching there. Um, so I'd have to pick Jaron for this. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I guess is what's what's Connor's reasoning there for Singletary in his flex spot? Like he's got uh, he's got Shark there too, who did catch a touchdown last week. So uh, I'm guessing that he thinks Shepard against um, the Washington defense and Shark against the Denver defense are uh, teams you want to avoid playing. And I w- I would agree with him with that. Are you sure he's just not uh, being a homer and wanting <laughs> Shark to score touchdowns against his favorite team? Yeah, I wouldn't put that past him. He is starting Denver's defense. <laughs> That works against you. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, we, a lot of people were down on Park this year, and but he, you know, he looked pretty good for a Jacksonville team that's still figuring out what they're going to be. Yeah, totally. I'll, I'll be interested to see how their identity evolves throughout the season there with with Lawrence under the helm. And I mean, Connor does have Kittle as well, um, also single handedly. Yeah, totally. Um, Kittle's so much fun to watch, but he's like a cowboy out there like i feel like he doesn't he has no regard for his own body and uh like after having him last week and like coming off an amazing season and then like being so stoked to watch kittle and then just getting like hammered every play and then you know eventually being injured i was like i don't know i don't know if i can go through that roller coaster again so but i all the power to connor for picking him up and you know he is he is an amazing talent so moving to uh keith and neil, uh, neil is uh boldly starting ronald jones this week against ironically leonard fournette of the same team so that should be oh that's gonna yeah. be fun to watch that and out <laughs> and no doubt those are those are those little like subplots that you like to watch just kind of the, the rb duel here no, it seemed like Fournette well had the had the starting job last week, but it was due to a fumble. But you know, Jones is probably younger and faster, so you know maybe maybe he'll get his touches this week. So I can't see Fournette, you know, getting that sixty-yard touchdown. I could see Ronald Jones doing. It. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's Definitely. three there's three Packers going on between these two, so if that team turns it around, there's going to be some. Points to be had. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I'm thinking Adams has a good revenge game there with with Rodgers. Well, that's what I'm saying. Fingers crossed. And uh, who else he's got here? Oh, we got Aaron Jones, right? Sorry, Antonian from the Packers. Um, Jones, man, Jones as well can just go off at any moment and put up 53 points. <laughs> Um, if if they kind of scheme that way, and you know maybe Detroit's the team to do it against. So I don't know. This could be. There's a lot riding on that that Packers game for sure. Like you said, the Lions gave up and some amount of points last week, so it should be at least fun to watch that game. Mm-hmm. I I hope that everyone here uh, plays to their best, and it all comes down to Leonard Ronald Jones. Seal the. Yeah, totally. I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, curious that he hasn't slotted uh, Hunt in there. I mean, considering the game he played, and like he's gonna get those, that fourth like um, fourth quarter garbage time, 
he's going to get some goal line looks. He's going to get, you know, some receiving uh, looks for sure. So um, who would, if you were to take someone out, who would you put him hunting? If I was pulling someone out from uh, the meals here, I'd probably be taking Rojo out. I mean, he has a pretty bad game, and Bruce Arians is known to guys in the doghouse. And, mm-hmm. and when Brady's leading a team, if a guy he doesn't like how a guy's playing, not coming back. So I, I, I'd feel pretty hesitant after last week, um, especially with Hunt having a big game, and now he's playing a Houston team. Probably going to give up points. Yeah, I would agree with that. But, you know, sometimes you just got to take that risk and he'll, you know, maybe put 20 points up, two TDs and 80 yards or something like that. Yeah, maybe Gronk falls at the one-yard line instead of getting those two touchdowns. And Rojo. Yeah, exactly. Steals. Maybe also you just love, love storylines and he saw Fournette in there and he was like, well, I'm putting Rojo in. Yeah, maybe that's just a completely, uh, you know, across-the-board play here just to, to watch those matchups. So that's, uh, that's the beauty of fantasy. You can do that sometimes. All right, let's move to your matchup against Zane. I'm honestly pretty, pretty afraid. Zane, has got a, he's got a deep team, and I think he could easily just put up a lot of points for me in a hurry. So put up a, a buck fifty, and Ridley did not have a good game, so it can, I know. It can go up. <laughs> no doubt, and like he had Henderson on his bench last week, and he played well, and so now he's got him slotted in. And, you know, if Jefferson's breathing, you're going to be playing that guy. And Godwin is looking good, and the Tampa Bay offense is just scary in, in general. Hawkinson is, like, literally the only dude that plays on the Lions. So, well, actually Swift as well. But, you know, he's the only person that's receiving the ball. I think you might be leaving out Jamal Williams a bit, but uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, like you said, Ridley, if he's... You know, if Atlanta kind of figures or kind of figures their game out a little bit, he could be putting up some massive points. So, of course, that also means that you might get some points with Davis. So, I'm sure, you'd like them to figure out how to do their offense um, properly. And I have no faith that that's the same like um, defensive line that uh, Elliott was up against. And so, like, if Elliott can't do anything, then I don't think Davis is going to do anything. I'm going to be relying on a Hopkins, Diggs, and Allen to be putting up some big points for me this week for sure. Yeah, probably that narrative in my entire year, honestly. So, are you uh, a faith have faith that Rodgers is bouncing back, or are you kind of looking at your bench with Stafford might slot him in? I'm going to play Rodgers this week, and uh, if he's kind of looks like he's mailing it in, then uh, I think I'm going to be benching him and playing Stafford for for the uh, the rest of the season or until I you know, get some confirmation that Rogers was uh, going to play well. So that's my plan. It, it, it's going to hurt though. Stafford starts at 11 a.m. Sunday and Rogers is the Monday night game. You're going to have to sit through that whole day. If Stafford has a huge game again. Yeah, that's true. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ready for the pain though. <laughs> I've, I've been there before, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll Rogers again. Got to give him a second chance. It's not like he forgot how to play football. It's gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it and see how it rolls out. I don't think he's ever had two back-to-back games that were horrendous. So I'm sure he's he's yeah. wanting to come back and prove that he's still the MVP he was last year. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, he's he's egotistical, so you know he's uh, he knows when he's had a bad game and he's gonna come out guns a blazing. I think historically he's he's done that. After a crap game, he's he's put up some big points. So banking on that this uh, this week for sure 
And then I think I'm chasing points with Gronk, but let's that's like I'm like I said, I'm gonna just see if they got the magic still. So excited for that. Yeah, I don't blame you for that move at all. No, Matt and Stefan. Got some of the stack of the Mahomes Hill versus the stack of Wilson and Metcalf. Yeah, the the stacks are fun. Like um I'm glad both these guys did it. Uh Stefan was talking to me prior to the draft how he, he was you know, we were kind of doing some mock drafts and kind of comparing, you know, like some of the out, like the outputs that we had when we were mocking. And uh, he he's like, man, I think I'm going to go for Metcalf this year. And I think it was all from last year, the the rundown of Buda Baker, that Stefan was like, this this is the guy I want. And, uh, and you know, he was just kind of like, man, it would be great to stack it with Wilson. So it was nice to, uh, nice to see that he, he was able to accomplish that. Um, and then, uh, obviously Matt's, you know, Mahomes Hill stack is just probably the best stack in the, uh, in the league and, um, exciting to see how this plays out for sure. Cause both could be putting up huge points. Yeah. I think so both are very exciting to watch. Yeah. I'm a little saddened that, uh, the injury news, the Fitzpatrick, cause uh, I like the guy I like Terry McLaurin and you know, I feel like his ceiling mm-hmm. just isn't the same now. He seems skilled enough to be able to play well with pretty much anyone under the helm, though. Um, yeah, losing Fitzpatrick is, is always a blow. The guy is pretty magical when he's on, so... Um, and he's just the, you know, one of those ultimate journeyman type that uh, seems to always be having a good good attitude and, you know, plays well and has a good time out there, so it sucks <laughs> to not have him uh, playing this week. Um, I don't know... Remember, last week I uh, asked uh, Connor would have more catches between Jay and Mike Evans. Mm, right. Who had more catches this past week? Oh, man. That's probably a trick question. Well, I think, I think Metcalf turned it on at the end of, uh, at the, end of the game there. So I'm, I'm going to say Metcalf. But... It, it's not entirely a trick question. You're right. He had uh, four catches to Mike Evans' three. <laughs> but Evans had uh, six targets to Metcalf's five. So right. maybe, maybe I was on to something by saying Metcalf's not going to see the ball as much yeah. he's scoring touchdowns and russell is known for being efficient with throwing so i personally prefer metcalf it's just gonna be one of those players that gets two catches every- yeah definitely i didn't i didn't really see that coming it felt like the narrative was going to be that wilson and metcalf were just going to be slinging it all day but i guess like lockett's still playing really well and i imagine they're just carol's trying to run the ball as usual so that kind of makes sense lockett only had four catches as well not throwing the ball a lot, but Seahawks know what to which I guess is really what matters in Tennessee. Yeah, totally. And I kind of feel like an idiot for picking up the Seahawks kicker because, like, all he does is just <laughs> kick extra points. Like, they're not, they're not going for field goals at all. So that's another one of my uh, wait-and-see approaches here. See if it's just more extra points, no field goals, and then I might make a switch. Right, I'll move to the last matchup, which is myself versus Zach's OG owners here. It'll be interesting. We both have uh, our faith in some late round Gordon and Gaskin running backs. Yeah, no doubt. I think this is this is a I think it's a good matchup here. Um, I think it's gonna be pretty even. It's gonna be one of those neck and neck ones. You guys, yeah, both have good depth and like you know the Lockett Cooper is like you know comparable, Robinson and Brown comparable, Gibson Chubb comparable. Like it's it's Kelsey Waller comparable. I'm looking at it the same way. I like. I can see how either guy on 
on either side here can the matchup there. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the matchup that's, you know, separated by, you know, four points or something like that at the end of the week. I can only hope that I'm on the winning side of that. Yeah, totally. Start cement, uh, start your we uh, league or the season off right. Exactly. Nice. Yeah, no, it's uh, this is gonna be an exciting one. I'm gonna be watching this one for sure. What's your thoughts on Barkley here? Like, I have a sneaking suspicion that Barkley is no longer gonna be found fantasy relevant, and uh, it's sad to say because like the guy's unreal, but I just don't know, man. The injury and the Giants just it's like it seems like a recipe for disaster, but. He's had uh, two pretty bad injuries. I don't think he ever really fully recovered from the one last year. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't help that the Giants have a notoriously bad offensive so he also has to just tackles against guys. Yeah, totally. There was some post on Reddit that was talking about how he was the least efficient runner last week. And not because he was just getting stuffed. He just like was making mainly like east-west moves right like there was no yardage gained it was just running a you know perpendicular across the field so trying to find something to break through so i don't know we'll we'll see how this goes he, he hopefully he can show some flashes of his old self here and then faith is restored but for now it's definitely a wait and see and you can see that zach's playing that the same way he's got him on his bench there so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if he ends up not really playing Mm. Yeah, I mean, Zach has tremendous amount of running back depth or to actually not play him. A luxury most of us don't have. Ugh, I know. I wish I had that luxury, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> hey, well, that's all of our matchups. No, I think that was pretty good there. I, I guess I just wanted to end it with saying uh, I wanted to thank you, Reg, for, for being an excellent commissioner and, um, you know, guiding this league to where it is today. Um, you know, with like the being always active and, uh, you know, writing, being part of the, the rules and, you know, all the little discrepancies and whatnot that we find throughout the years and initiating keepers and then, you know, bringing it to the next level and building a, a website and now hosting a podcast. Like, you know, for, I only play in one league and it's this one and uh, I feel very fortunate to be part of it. So, you know, hats off to you there, sir. I appreciate I have a, a lot of fun doing stuff like this. This is the only league I run and put everything I can into it. I love to hear feedback, so I guess kind of on that subject, you know, we changed defenses this year. Something that you advocated for after reading mm-hmm. um, the article that that was provided to go. How do you feel after mm-hmm. week one? I, I, I like it. It's um, Right now, the defenses feel like a bit of a wild card just because we're kind of figuring out how the scoring is, you know, impacting them. Um, you're getting some teams that are putting up very low points and then some teams that are putting up huge points and negative points, and it's kind of seems like it's all over the place. Uh, but I think it'll kind of even out, and um, I think it'll be it'll be really good. And I, and I do like seeing the, the defenses start at zero and work their way up like any other uh, positional player. Um, and I, I'm not complaining. The San Francisco D there played really well, so I think I'm, I'm I was happy about that. So if maybe someone who had a negative points uh, scores may feeling a little bit differently, but for now I'm definitely happy with it. Yeah, I mean San Francisco is definitely a good study of uh, the benefits of the system. When you look at our matchup itself, Ravens let up 33 points. The 49ers let up 33 points. 
you outscored me mm-hmm. by 10. And mm-hmm. yeah, six of that is a touchdown, but there's still another four points that you earned from sacks, making uh, tackles and whatnot for mm-hmm. tackles for losses, I guess is what it. So I think, mm-hmm. I think in the long run, it'll, uh, it'll benefit teams that are making plays on defense rather than just not being scored. Yeah, totally. And it, it kind of made, well, I, I, I like defense and stuff. Um, you know, I'm not as familiar with like, you know, defense, defense as a whole in, you know, real life football, but it definitely made it more exciting knowing like the the potential for the points to be scored and watching the defensive side of the ball a bit more. Um, so I, I enjoyed that for sure. Yeah, there's a few times where I'm like, oh, tackle for loss, that's a point. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Or like, oh, that was a three and out, right? And like, you know, like uh, watching for that. So that's good stuff. I'm glad we made the change. Yeah, me too. Well, thanks for joining me this week, Nick. Good luck this week. Yeah, thank you. You as well. And uh, I look forward to uh, joining you for some more podcasts in the future. 